you know, every single day, every time I got to the baseball field, there's a group of 30, 40 kids sitting there waiting for me. I'd open the gates. They would play and play and play. Sun goes down, you know, they're, they're walking home and through dangerous neighborhoods, you know, and you don't know if they're going to be back the next day. You know, like it was, it was a constant struggle. It's very, very tough for children out there. And, you know, with ECDC, I wanted to create a way that I can continue helping in some way while living here. Welcome to the Manny Project Podcast, where we reveal true stories of health, fitness, exercise, nutrition, success, and most importantly, failure. My name is John Meningas, and on this podcast, we hope to learn, get motivated, experiment, have fun, and be inspired. For everyone tuning into this podcast, I want to thank you from the very bottom of my heart. We have reached episode number 25. We've hit a quarter of a century, and we are still here. Today's episode is pretty special because we are walking into the baseball season. And in fact, when this episode comes out, it will be MLB opening day. And while we are talking about baseball, I could not think of a better guest than Jazz Shergill. And for those of you who don't know, Jazz is a competitive baseball player who is playing this summer for the Barry Baycats. I grew up with his brother Raj and we played ball together and Jazz was always... The short little pudgy guy, very similar to me in stature, but he was a short little pudgy guy around the field, catching and shagging fly balls for us while we were taking BP. And fast forward to today, he is a beast. He's a monster. He's five foot eleven. He throws gas and is an absolute monster on the diamond. On today's episode, I try to break down some of his training what he looks for when he's trying to prepare himself mentally and physically. And one thing that I really loved about this podcast was that we were able to talk about ECDC. And you guys will get a chance to hear it later on. We will talk about every child deserves a chance. I go back and I think about the opportunities I had that my parents offered me when I was a kid growing up playing sports and all of the lessons that I learned from playing these sports. And you realize that that's just such a luxury that not a lot of kids around the world have the opportunity to have. So we will talk about ECDC. We will share what the charity is all about. And we will also share the tools and resources if in case you want to support ECDC. So without further ado, here is my guest, Jazz. There he is. Can you hear me, man? Hey, John. How's it going? Hey. Yeah, I can hear you, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. And yourself? All right. All right. Thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for taking some time out of your day for this. Hey, no worries. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. I know you probably got a really busy schedule ahead. That's all right. You know, during the days, it's pretty free. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Are you, uh, so you're just going straight to baseball after this or what are you up to today? Yeah. um, Instructing 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. pretty much every weekday. Yeah. Yeah. Weekdays are are, during the the day. It's my time. So a little workout in, you know, take it easy. That's good. That's good. Uh, I know this is crazy times. How's, how are your parents doing, man? Yeah, folks are doing good. Um, good. Dad's pumped to get into golf, you know, <laughs> but weather's warming up. So catch nice. him in the garage, practicing his swing, you know. Uh, Does he have like a training net too and like the pad? 
Oh, of course. He has a training. Oh, man. He has one of those swing trainers. You know, he got one of those simulators <laughs> coming in. The guy's fully. Oh, addicted. my God. Does he actually have simulators and like the, the spin rate? That little yeah. uh, monitor? Coming in soon. Oh, he my God. Yeah, he's itching. It's supposed to come in last week and he's all nervous. You know, he's like, I need, <laughs> <laughs> I need information. Did uh, uh, So did he get into it last year or was it uh, just for this year? Like, what's his golf scenario? What's his golf like like? uh he's been in it well all of us me and my brother um pops we all got into about five or six years ago okay cool. uh, my, my brother went to scotland for school right and then picked it up there brought it back home and then it just become you know a way for us all to kind of hang out get out enjoy the outdoors nice you know none of us are really that good but hey we still enjoy <laughs> it, you know <laughs> listen none of us are good that's why we play golf man that's it that's it but what yourself, else man how's everything uh, doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of just keeping safe, um, mm-hmm. not doing anything crazy, not going to any parties, yeah. trying to be responsible for the time being. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for the no, just I'm just trying to be responsible, man. Just, just sure, sure, sure. There's a lot of crazy things out there. There's a lot of you know, young people trying to get together with a lot of parties like after hours. Like, that's just not me, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. Uh, just me and my pops at home, just trying to be safe, you know, trying to look out after ourselves and trying to sure. have a little bit of fun while the weather is really good too, right? Of course, of course. It's supposed to be cold in the next week or so again. So, well, I don't know who, right. who knows, man. This is Canada. Yeah. Welcome to Canada. Yeah. Enjoy it while we can, right? Think about today. Sure. Worry about, yeah. For uh, sure. How's pops doing? Pops doing good, man. Pops doing yeah. good. Uh, he's actually in the backyard doing some fertilizing in the backyard. Well, of course. He of enjoys course. the the garden life. So, uh, he's actually created a little bit of a side hustle really yeah what's that so his side hustle is uh he can no longer feed us with his garden food so he grows like eggplants uh spinach Mm -hmm. uh zucchini like he peppers tomatoes like everything he grows everything do you have a greenhouse or is it just he does it oh man so my dad's greenhouse is a 36 foot extension cord to a space heater outside and then he okay. put like this big tarp with um, zip ties. He created a big tarp with zip ties. So he made like okay. a bubble. And okay. He's been he's been heating it all winter long. Oh man, dedicated, huh? Dedicated, yeah. Oh, good for him, man. So That's cool. Believe it or not, we actually had our first uh, winter spinach. I know it sounds weird, but he made spinach somehow over the winter. Okay. And um, that was possible, but yeah, I know. <laughs> <Neither did I>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now he's side hustling it to uh, this lady at a farmer's market. Okay. So we can't eat everything that he makes. So he just sells sure. it to her for like five bucks a bag and she sells it for seven or something or whatever she does. Cool, man. Well, I mean, I know, you know, doing that whole thing is really tranquil, you know, he's finding, yes. you know, it's a good find way to find peace and just accomplishment, you know, seeing, you know, grow from a baby into a big plant must be pretty, uh, pretty rewarding yeah for sure for sure and especially when it's his own and it's his baby now he's just yeah. looking for like new projects so now he's uh into mushrooms okay okay yeah so this year he's well what kind of mushrooms? mushrooms oyster oyster okay. mushrooms man don't right. worry make that clear yeah you gotta get out yeah, I was gonna say. um we we found this uh oyster box it's like a quick easy like build your own oyster mushrooms box so you just kind of i don't know if you plant it or if you keep it just moist but you're supposed mm-hmm. to spray the box quite often and it's supposed to create the uh, the fungus for mm. you so interesting listen man he's like yeah, he's i know i know nothing about that kind of stuff no I'd me like neither to, i'd like to i'd like to learn but you know if you had to start with if you had to start with one crop though what would it be hmm <sighs> that's a good question <laughs> never thought about it probably tomatoes you know <laughs> tomatoes? it's pretty universal yeah yeah you're a tomato guy 
not tomatoes themselves, but tomato sauce, you know, but oh, yeah, yeah. something about eating a tomato with raw, you know, just, I don't know. I don't like the texture, <laughs> but you can use it for a lot of things. Make some you salsa, can. make some, you know, homemade ketchup if you want. So That's true. It's pretty versatile. Yeah. It's pretty versatile. Yeah, of course. What about yourself? Uh, man, if I had to go one and you know what, actually, uh, maybe this is me cheating, but I've actually sprouted before. Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm into sprouting. Have you ever heard of a uh, little sprout? Oh, I don't know what that means. What's that? Ba basically, you get these little seeds and then mm -hmm. you, um, there's a home way to do it. So basically you would, uh, have good humidity and okay. basically these little seeds turn into little sprouts and then the sprouts grow and they end up being like these little kind of curly hairs, basically. So you can do alfalfa. You could do mm -hmm. kale seeds, broccoli, broccoli mm. greens, and uh, basically they're like add-ons onto salads or add-ons onto like burgers. Okay, okay. They or look like, like garnishes in the yes. Yeah, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. So okay. basically, you turn like the um, turn the mason jar upside down. You let the seeds germinate, and basically they kind of start sprouting. And basically, mm -hmm. once they're sprouted after like three days, you can actually eat it pretty quickly. So. Hmm. Uh, dad's got you into it huh yeah he got me into it but <laughs> i'm not one to get onto my knees and like dig the soil and dig the hole for the plants that's not me man Sh sure sure that manual hard labor huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give me the mason jar i'm good <laughs> that's it that's it good man yeah good, i want to learn how to do that kind of stuff eventually i want to be you know create a self-sufficient life where you know have a chicken coop and you know have a greenhouse and all that but you know, little by little. No nice, race. man. Yeah. You know what? I think we're going to see some ties into that about uh, what we'll talk about a little bit later, but that's for sure, sure. going to be part of what we talk about in a bit. Too. All right. All right. Cool. Um, what I wanted to do is uh, thank you again for making this time to come to the podcast. Uh, I know it's crazy. It's hectic. Yep. Um, my pleasure, man. It's good to many, see you, man. It's good to see you, dude. Yeah. And honestly, you, usually I see you on the baseball field and I yep, haven't seen yep. that in two years plus, right? Exactly. Or the gym and that, that neither, right? I know. When did I yeah. see you at the gym, actually? That was... Uh, was that at the Vaughn location? Uh, yeah, this uh, good life here at Vaughn and Weston. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't too long. That was like two years ago as well, I think. Yeah, about two years ago or so. Yeah, but then yeah. I guess the whole world shut down and COVID happened, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, you, uh, have you gone back to the gym? Uh, I have not gone back to the gym. Uh, okay. I went back to the gym last year when they mm -hmm. reopened in the summer. In the summer, okay. Uh, but I've got stuff here so in my basement i've got uh, a nice rowing machine i got a whole lot of bands mm -hmm. uh i'm gonna bands make it are work key. yeah bands are I've, key man yeah I've, I've been seeing you going hard on that rowing machine huh oh I Swe love the rower. sweating buckets <laughs> <laughs> i love the rower man so I you love just it. got out of the pool and went on that thing you know? <laughs> <laughs> listen you know what some people have different principles some things that work for them and just for me just mm -hmm. i know uh cardio has such a bad stigma but for me it works mm -hmm. So uh, you got to find your cardio, you know, like I started, I got myself this little boxing thing that, you know, you hit it springs down, comes back up. Yeah. Is it the Bob? Uh, no, that? it's not the Bob. I'll show you this real quick. Uh, I don't know if you can see it there. Oh yeah. 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 It's kind of like yeah. a, a speed bag, but it's on like a base. Yes. Nice. Nice. And nice. you know, I got it and it started off. Okay. You know, don't hit it too hard. You know, don't want to hurt your hands five minutes into them i'm throwing haymakers you know, <laughs> dripping sweating ah, you know and 30 minutes afterwards i'm immobile i'm lying on the car for 15 minutes you know just exhausted it's like all right so much for taking it easy do you get like the baseball soreness after boxing so like yeah you just got the next day you're just yeah. like beat out completely oh the lower back the shoulders oh. it just it just exhausted you just feel like <laughs> You know, your arms weigh 10 hundred pounds. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know? But no, I love it. I love Dude, it. I bet uh, you sweat buckets too there. 
Oh, for sure, for sure. It's <laughs> tough because I don't have any mats or anything, so sometimes you know, it's hard oh, with boring. You're sliding so around? Is, exactly. Yeah, man. Nice. Yeah. You got to go yeah, MMA exactly. style. Just take off the shoes, go barefoot. Yeah, that, well, that's what I've been trying to do, you know. I was, I was, but that's it worse, the barefoot on the hardwood, <laughs> slippery, you know. Oh, man, asking for trouble. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah. But I guess we all got to find a way to keep fit, right? Are you uh, sure, Are you back sure. at the gym? Uh, no. I've, you know, during COVID, I had to find ways to get it done at home. And then, you know, you fall in love with it. I enjoy working out at home. It's good, man. Like I, I have this big, heavy couch I do squats and deadlifts with. Nice. You know, it's, yeah, are, you, are you deadlifting and squatting the couch? Yes. Holy smokes. Yeah. yeah. I think so I saw I the from a corner. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. Grab oh. from a corner, put a medicine ball on top of it and just uh, go at it. You know? <laughs> high, high reps. You know what? Just honestly, finished doing it before I got on this. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You know what I was thinking when you said you're deadlifting a couch? I honestly thought you were like picking it up from the middle. Somehow. Oh, God. <laughs> Hmm. Don't put any thoughts in my head. <laughs> Don't put any thoughts. That's good, man. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Honestly, you got to improvise and try to make it work. Like you said, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. And that's it. You know, I want to go back to the gym, but uh, just not the time, you know, give it a, yeah. give it a bit, let things settle down, you know, especially having two elderly parents at home, you know, I'm not yeah. worried about myself. It's more them I'm worried about, you know, of course, of course, take the precautions. Well, tell your old man, I said, hi, uh, oh, I miss him. Because yeah. every time we'd play your brother at uh, at Bishop's, the odd yeah. time, sometimes in the playoffs, I see him in the corner. So yeah, you know that man loves baseball. I know, I know. Yeah, and you guys um, been at it for a long time. I was actually thinking about long. it when you reached out to me the other day. It just came to my head the days of uh, you know, when you and my brother played together back when you're like 14, 15. Um, I I just remember, you know, there'd be team practices, but for some reason, it would only be you and him who showed up. <laughs> You know, over there at uh, yeah, yeah. Frank Frank Robson, Robson. Yeah. yeah, and just you know, I was a little guy, and I'd played there before, and you know, my best swing, I'd maybe you know hit a ball that rolled to the fence, <laughs> and that was the first time I seen you know a guy like you just tanking baseballs out there, and I just remember being in awe, like wow, you know, <laughs> having to stand behind the fence catching fly balls, and like man, I can't believe a human can hit it this far, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's robson too that's all yeah. for context that's 270 but you put me on a field hey. that's like 320 i can't get there man hey, i mean who knows you know you swing out your shoes anything can happen yeah that's true especially <laughs> when my dad's throwing the balls you know He's just throwing yeah. some lollipops in yeah, there just don't hit it up the middle you gotta pull it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah some things don't change man we're actually uh yeah. some of us are actually gonna hit to the field uh, at about you know after we get off this call Okay. Again, just cool. trying to get loose, man. Just trying to yeah. get uh, someone get ready, right? Sure. You've been swinging it? Not really, man. I swung no. last week for the first time. So last year, I actually took baseball off. Okay. Uh, well, you didn't really have a choice, right? Well, those guys played. I don't know really? if your brother played or if you uh, even played. My... We're going to talk about that too, but. Uh, I had one. I played one game. It was just a pickup wow. game. You know? Yeah, because uh, the GTBL, they shut down. Mm. Yeah. So I then, thought uh, you would have uh, jumped into our league because apparently thinking... they ran. I was thinking about it, but I was just, I, I was so swamped with instructions because all the kids didn't have seasons. Yeah. So they still wanted to stay they, active. Exactly. You know, so it was really, it was really, really busy. You know, I had like 10 hour days and that 40 degree heat. Oh, it was deadly, but man, you know, I got to do what you got to do. I was still yeah. training, putting in the work, you know, but it was just crazy because, you know, the IBL was shut down. GTBL was shut down. I was thinking about coming to you guys or your league, but. I don't know. It just didn't work out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it happens, man. It happens. Yeah. 
Um, hopefully, right. you guys have been safe during all this COVID time. Um, mm-hmm. How have you been doing during COVID? I know it's uh, a topic yeah. for everybody, and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's nonstop. But mm-hmm. how have you guys been doing in the family at the, with COVID? Uh, everyone's good, you know, uh, staying safe, like you said, uh, using the time wisely. Because I always find you, you know, you're always like, ah, I wish I could do this, but I'm too busy. I wish I could do that, but I'm too busy. Well, COVID lockdown, you're not busy anymore, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> so picked up some new hobbies, you know, got into, you know, archery, started shooting Ooh, archery, wow. which, yeah, which is fun, dangerous, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's tough, really, really tough. That's been fun um, working on the golf swing. Uh, and then, you know, it was nice because I have my own baseball facility now yes. out in Aurora. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had a baseball facility to myself, man. I was like a kid <laughs> in a candy store, <laughs> throwing baseballs, hitting balls, you know, getting my workouts in. Yeah, just staying busy. I saw you pitching uh, some, but uh, did you have any other people in there with you? Or is it mostly just you during, uh, I guess, the offseason and during COVID times? Yeah, majority, honestly, is by myself. Um, over the last cool weeks, or a couple of weeks, sorry, um, I've had one of the Aurora coaches, you know, an ex ball player wanting to just get back into it, coming out and like catching my flat grounds. Um, shout, shout out to Kevin Charbonneau. If he's listening. <laughs> um, but no, I basically by myself, I have that little nine target square with old things. Yeah. Um, work, working a lot on the visualization. Um, you know, I've always had a trouble facing lefties. So oh, okay. literally every pitch I throw in there, I imagine I'm facing David Ortiz, you know, so <laughs> I faced David Ortiz like 20,000 times in the last year or so, so. <laughs> starting to figure him out, but he gets a hold of one every once in a while. <laughs> is, uh, is Poppy, you know, the, the prototypical left-hander that you're going to face? Is that the one that you like envision all the time? That's what I like to envision because, you know, especially because the over the fastball inside, Mm-hmm. against a lefty has been my my biggest weakness did you have a you know? tail on your fastball or are you pretty always pretty and that's yeah, the hard okay. part about it you know i aim inside it starts there it doesn't end there you know? <laughs> <laughs> and when it creeps it kind of creeps plate, back in ah see a ball you yeah. know <laughs> that's been my my biggest you know downfall as a pitcher i'd say is uh getting hard in against the lefties Mm. so you know visualizing david ortiz standing there and saying okay you have to get it in you know if you make that mistake over the dish you know what big poppy's gonna do to that pitch, yeah you know? so yeah just over and over you know throwing that pitch so many times and finally getting comfortable so i'm really honestly i'm really excited about this summer and putting in a lot of work i don't want to make part yeah i don't want to make myself sound old but if i was yeah. to pitch a lefty to pitch against it'd yeah. probably be barry and Barry Bonds, yeah. That's oh, a good one. Yeah. yeah. Barry would be a dangerous one, man. But then yeah. again, that's me. That's me dating myself. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, the guy was a beast. He was a beast, you know. Yeah. But I don't know if he had any holes in his swing. You know, that's the problem. Oh, no holes. Zero. Holes. Make, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got to hope he chases something out of the zone. And even then, you know, it's still then. going oppo. Even sure. then. <laughs> what a crazy, crazy time. Man. Yeah. But I, again, right. man, I, I just want to thank you for the time. Thank you for doing the mm-hmm. podcast with me. Of course, um, of course. I want to give uh, some of my listeners uh, a little bit of background about yourself, because to be honest and be fair, I grew up with your brother. Yeah, uh, I know a little bit more about your brother, but of course, a heck of a whole lot about you, man. Like whenever we were playing, you were mm-hmm. at the fields, like you said, you're the guy that was catching the fly balls behind the fence for us. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> so I was there, but just in the background. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to be honest, obviously, we grew up. Uh, mm-hmm. Life went on. You obviously maintained your path in baseball. So I want to get into that afterwards. Sure. Some of the listeners, uh, give us a breakdown as to like who you are, what you are, uh, your history. Just give us a, a story about yourself and some of the things Ooh. that we don't know about you. 
Sure, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of talking about myself, but listen, yeah, man, I'm gonna make you yeah, do sure. it too bad. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah, man, uh, been a baseball player for as long as I can remember. Um, you know, grew up Vaughn Viking, uh, got a scholarship out of high school to a junior college in Illinois. Nice. Um, had a great time out there, you know, went as a infielder, third and first baseman. Okay. Um, first day of practice out there, coaches saw my arm. Wasn't a third and first base, but no more, you know, <laughs> became a pitcher, nice. you know, not by choice, but, but out of necessity. Immediately, and, um, would you say? Yeah, pretty much first day of practice, wow. first day of practice. You know, it was a, a transition. So I was like DHing and closing for a while, which was a wicked gig, you know, <laughs> you sit on the bench, swing hard, you know, pitch the last inning, throw as hard as you can, you know, it was yeah. good. Um, but, you know, one day I was stealing a bag and I jammed my thumb on my throwing hand. And that was like a week after I hit 90 for the first time. So I was like, all right, what's my future in baseball? You know, and then it was clearly as a pitcher. So made that decision full-time pitcher. Nice. Um, From there, transferred to Eastern New Mexico University. Um, You know, battled with some injuries, but had a great senior year and uh, just just had a passion. I just wanted to keep on playing. Um, My thing, what I told myself was I wouldn't stop playing until I got I wasn't getting better. You know, I mean, the day that I wasn't getting better, I'd quit. And man, that day hasn't come yet. You know, I'm still working after university, played pro ball in Australia. Uh, Amazing, amazing adventure, you know, went on as pretty much a walk-on, you know, went and played rep baseball in Australia and then tried out for the pro team, made the team. um, How long were you in Australia for? Six months. Six months. Six months, yeah. I was in Brisbane for four months and then I got traded to Sydney for the last two months. Okay. Um, it was a cool experience. Very, very high level baseball. Um, got to meet a lot of different people out there, you know, cause we have Japanese on your team, Taiwanese, um, Dominicans, Americans, people from everywhere. It's really fun experience and okay. uh, continued chasing the dream played, you know, played pro ball in Quebec uh, in the Can-Am league. And uh, you know, Baseball took me out to South Africa. I lived in South Africa for over 13 months, yep. you know, two winters. Um, great experience out there. Worked primarily was working charity, but also working on my craft on the side as well. Of course. And uh, yeah, man, uh, last two years, you know, just continuing to reinvent myself, learn myself. What do I do well? What don't I do well? And um, yeah, honestly, I feel like I'm at the peak of my baseball career right now. How it, that's awesome. know, never work, I've never put this much work into my craft. You know, so that's I'm awesome, very man. excited, very excited for this summer. That's very, awesome. I feel like I'm really in the position to turn some heads. You know, so, uh, yeah. I love the dedication because yeah. you know what? I wrote this down in my notes and I have some notes here for you uh, mm-hmm. to go through on this podcast. But I have here keeping the MLB dream alive. Oh, hell yeah. Is that thing? Is that still very strong for you? Oh, hell yeah. Every night I go to sleep. Yeah. Amazing. Honestly, my big thing right now is I want to make team Canada for the Olympics. Nice. That's what my, that's, what's been my kind of motivating factor the last two years. You know, um, I know the Olympics got pushed back. I don't know Mm -hmm. how the MLB Olympic thing is going to work or the minor league Olympic thing. So if they need guys, you know, I'm just hoping I get the opportunity with the IBL this year to, and just show what I've been doing. You know, that's awesome. Like, yeah, just been doing it in private, so no one knows what I've been working on. You know, <laughs> well, that's, that's typically how it works. scientists in a lab. <laughs> that's typically how it works. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the flashiest thing to put in the work, 
-hmm. And it's not, you know, the thing that everyone wants to show out there, but you know, you see the guy on the field, let's say playing for team Canada for the, for the bigs, Mm -hmm. but you never, ever, ever really see the work that goes behind the scenes or the dedication that goes into it. And that's not just what you do in the gym. Mm -hmm. That's also probably how you prepare your food, how you eat, how you sleep, that there's a whole bunch of things that go into just, you know, being on the field for team Canada. Definitely, man. Definitely. And, you know, it's, it's been a learning process, you know, figuring it out as you go, you know, um, like you're saying with the, the, the food, you know, I'm sure you, I don't know if you remember me when back in the day, I was oh like, man, I was going to go there too. Don't worry. Cause me too. It wasn't, it wasn't just you, man. It was me too. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Right. And then you learn, you learn, okay, what works, what doesn't work. You know, actually I have this right here. This is my weekly schedule. You know, it's nice. Every single minute of every single day is scheduled. Not like I, every single minute. So yeah, you know, to put, push some things around for you, but you know, <laughs> thanks, man. That's thanks, how man. special you are. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'll try to be efficient with this. Don't worry, but <laughs> no stress, no stress. I man. just want to say, man, um, I said that just right now about keeping the MLB dream alive, mm-hmm. and maybe it's 2020, maybe it's 2021, maybe it's Zoom calls, maybe it's not being personal with a lot mm-hmm. of people anymore because we just want to be safe. Mm-hmm. But I got deep chills, like straight down my back and through my arms because that's a strong MF dream. That's, that's Mm -hmm. big. So I wish you all the luck. Appreciate that, man. I wish you all the luck. You're playing with uh, the Barry Bay cats this year. That's right. That's right. Nice. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's that looking like? Like when you guys start, when are you looking to get on track? Are you guys like Mm -hmm. training with a team? Like what does that even look like nowadays? Uh, Yeah. Well, we've, um, we've had two, three practices over the last couple of months. Okay. Um, They have a facility out in Barry called the cage. You know, we meet at odd times, like 9 p.m. on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll be, you know, you have a couple pitchers, a couple catchers, a couple hitters. And we just go at it, you know. Yep. Like uh, last Saturday, I ended up throwing about 80 pitch bullpen okay. to live hitters. And it's a blast, man. I love it. It's so <laughs> fun, you know. You forget how exciting it is to face a hitter. I know. You haven't done it for two years, you know. Sure, visualizing big poppy is one thing. But <laughs> having a guy in the box, you know. Um so yeah, we've been we've been working. Um, very exciting. The Baycats are looking very strong this year. Um, it's a big changing of the guard of the team it used to be. Okay. Because um, you know prior to 2019, they had won six championships in a row. Damn. And then COVID hit. Um, the manager Angus Roy he left, and then a lot of the veteran players, like you know the the mainstays, they left as well. Retired families, you know. And so we got a very young team coming in um, position player wise, mm-hmm. um, but they also did sign, you know, an ex, two ex big league pitchers. Okay. So they have two minor league or no, not minor league, sorry, major league pitchers, ex major leaguers coming to play Dominicans, triple um, A, ex triple A catcher, ex double A uh, shortstop Dominican. So, you know, we got some, very experienced players in some pivotal roles and then awesome. a lot of young hungry guys you know meeting them a lot of you know guys in university very talented just monstrous human beings <laughs> that guy's 21 he's built like a truck you know <laughs> yeah uh, so it's exciting i'm very excited to see what what we have once we able to take the field again that's good man i like yeah. the blend of uh, you know getting some vets mm-hmm. and uh, i hate to do this to you man like you said you're playing yeah. with a 21 year old like yeah bus or freight train 
but we are getting older. And to be honest, man, yeah. it's uh, it's interesting to see like this new crew of like ball player come up. And it, mm-hmm. honestly, man, I know this is totally different levels. I can't even compare it to the kind of ball you're playing. Mm-hmm. But even in our league, like you have like the 19, 20, 21 year old kid that's just as capable as we were mm-hmm. eight years ago. Yeah, it's scary, dude. It's it's kind of scary. Yeah, but, uh, massive it's, pat on the back to you, dude, because you're keeping up. Mm-hmm. You're keeping up. Why the hell not, right? Of course, and like you, <laughs> you got said, one life to live. You find your passion, find what you love working hard at, and you spend every single day doing it. Hundred percent. And I think uh, what's important for you specifically is it's motivating you because you, like you said, you're not playing the game if you don't feel as if you're getting better. You mm-hmm. always want to keep getting better. And I, I honestly, massive, massive kudos to you to to maintaining and keeping that dream alive. Appreciate that. Man. Again, the chills, dude. I, I can't imagine yeah. having a dream that big. Uh, mm-hmm. I got dreams, but that's that's yeah. a big dream, and I, I wish you all the best of luck in there. And I mean, you're doing big things here. You know, I've been following along Manny Project. You know, what made you decide to, you know, get into the podcast world? Because it's not uh, an easy thing. It's not an easy thing by any means. No. You know, it's definitely not easy. But for yeah. the podcast world, um, obviously, COVID changed a lot. Like you know, for us, um, mm-hmm. luckily, I knock on wood that it hasn't really affected our family and it hasn't affected any personal friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, uh, 2020 showed us that health wise, and obviously everyone's dealing with what they've got for themselves. Um, health wise, there was always a lot of talk about cases, mm-hmm. where it was in your community, what you couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to start to shed light on is that there is a way to find better health. Mm-hmm. And whether that's in performance for someone like yourself or whether that's for someone like me, that's a little more average show that just wants to enjoy myself every single mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. I want to show people that there's more ways to live your life with good health other than staying at home, mm-hmm. wearing a mask. There's yeah. ways that you can take care and manage, you know, the things that you're dealing with and mm-hmm. everyone's fighting their own battle. And of I think course. that's what needs to be brought to light. And I think we need to share that because... Mm-hmm. Last year was a scary thing for me mentally. Mm-hmm. Just the thought of, you know, a lot of people that I know were always scared about 800 cases or 700 cases, but mm-hmm. I was always, always concerned with how I was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how everyone needs to look at it as well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. you can't worry about without, without worrying about within, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. So that's kind of where it came personal for me. I always mm-hmm. listen to podcasts in general. And mm-hmm. uh, this is my my baby project right now, man. It's just yeah. fun. Congratulations. Share a good man. message, man. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, you're doing a great thing. I've been following along, you know, following the journey. You know, much respect to what you're doing. Man. Thanks, Much man. respect. You know, it's, I know it's not easy. I'm sure you had to get out of your comfort zone. Oh, man, this is not something yeah. I normally do. <laughs> I could imagine, right? Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. but I think it's important, you know, and it's, it's very important to get out of your comfort zone. Yes. For I, sure. You know, to do things that, hey, you know, you wouldn't regularly do just to find out, hey, is it something you actually enjoy? Is it something you will gravitate to? Because otherwise you won't know, mm-hmm. you know, you won't know. So you got to get out, try it. If it works great. If it doesn't. At least you said you tried. Right. Yeah. That's what yeah. it comes down to. Just goes uh, to show even with your pitching, man. Uh, yeah. Again, you were scouted in as a infielder, mm-hmm. corner infielder. Mm-hmm. And they saw something better in you. You went with it and you started working on that craft. And to this day, you still work at it. So again, mm-hmm. massive yeah. kudos to you. Thank you. Um, I do not want to be in the batter's box against you. <laughs> I'm putting <laughs> that on record right now. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't want to be in that box against you, man. But uh, help me out here. 
what's the repertoire? What do you got? Give us the the breakdown as to how you break down batters. Okay. All right. Sure. Um, it's an interesting one. Or unless you're not allowed to share this. I am. I am. Okay. No problem. <laughs> but it's just, it's, I'm doing something that is very different, very unique. Um, so just a bar, part of my story, you know, I was an overhand pitcher when I was in Australia, um, you know, was a pro in that, that league. It was a professional league. I, I mean, sorry, I was an all-star that year as an overhand nice. pitcher. But that same year when I got traded to Sydney, I met um, this gentleman named Dai Sung Koo, okay. who's a, a South Korean pitcher. Um, the guy's worth $550 million. Um, one of the greatest pitchers to ever come out of Korea. Right? When I met him, he's like 45 years old, you know, end of his career, <laughs> just kind of playing for fun. Yeah. Um, when I got traded to Sydney, he saw me throwing overhand and he, he straight up came up to me and says, you, you should not throw like that. Like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about, man? I worked my ass off throwing like this. You made you know? your way here because of this. Yeah. And that was yeah. a week after the all-star game. I'm like, I'm doing pretty good. You know? And he's like, no, he's like, you know, your hips turn sideways. Your arm should go with your hips. Mm. Right. So he started teaching me how to throw like a low sidearm submarine. Okay. And it was a crazy, crazy thing, you know, because I just had the best season of my life throwing overhand. <laughs> and this guy, I, at first I was like, all right, trying to, I was going to dismiss it, yeah. you know, until the other players on Sydney were like, yo, that guy, if that guy's <laughs> telling you to do it, you should do it. You know, if you're going to listen to anyone on this planet about pitching, yeah, it's going to be it's him. apparently, yeah, they said in his prime, you know, he threw hundred miles per hour, um, you know, pitched in the Japanese pro for 15 years before going to MLB at 35 years old and then pitching the MLB for four years. Wow. Right. So, you know, he started working with me, teaching me how to throw submarine and it came very naturally. I did really well throwing submarine full time. Um, you know, that's when I went to Quebec as a full-time submarine pitcher. And then, you know, a year or two ago, it was fun. You know, submarine is definitely more natural, mm -hmm. but the only thing is I could only be, basically a, a short relief pitcher sure you know you it's be very i want yeah exactly i was at the point in my career it's like okay cool you know that was fun i worked i could have played at the high level if i started earlier um but now you know I, I like i said i went to thornhill right playing gtbl i'm like i want to be a starting pitcher you know so i'm like okay let's bring back some overhand i'm like i don't want to get rid of the submarine so then I just started doing both. You got a bit of both. Yeah. I like a it. little bit of both. Right. So right now, uh, overhand fastball, um, submarine sinker, overhand uh, cutter, overhand curveball, and overhand split finger. Nice. I'll occasionally throw a little bit of a slider from down low, but, you know, the submarine fastball is a weapon by itself. I don't oh, 100%. Any, you know, it's, 100%. That's my favorite pitch. Nice. I'll still throw that more than anything else, but everything. So else compliments pretty well how often do you bring it out then so do you try yeah. to bring it out to whenever you kind of two batters how many pitches are you throwing per so this is kind of the the what i've put together all right right-handed batters i'm throwing submarine fastballs at least 50 to 60 percent of the pitches i don't want to see know? you dude i do yeah, not want to see you in the batter's it box is. i don't i wouldn't <laughs> want to be against it either you know it's because i'm all the way on the third base side throwing it from way from the right so yeah. it's coming out from behind the righty i'm assuming you're towing off on the far on the far right side of the rubber too yep all the oh, way to the man. third yeah Jesus so Christ. yeah that's my weapon against the righties but what i learned you know when i was in quebec was you know 
what makes it so good against the righties is the fear. Mm-hmm. Right. hundred percent. Totally. You know? But the lefties don't have that fear. No. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So against the lefties, I'm 90% overhand. Okay. Once in a while, I'll sling it down low. But yeah, majority overhand against the lefties, majority, and then I would say 50 50 submarine against the righties. Uh, righties. Yeah. Damn. And I, and I felt like that's been working pretty good so far. Even if I was like a confident hitter, like a poppy or like a berry, yeah. Yeah. if I was a lefty getting 90 10, yeah. that 10 would scare the shit out of me because at any point you can just go down low and just, just fuck me up with a yeah. strike or kind of catch back up into the count. Dude, yeah. that, that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, it's 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 fun, man. It's fun. <laughs> um, it's it was tough to really learn to go back and forth. 100%. You know, having to go up, find your slot, and then drop down. But, you know, the big thing I've been working is accuracy, consistency in the strike zone. Nice. You know, attack, attack, attack. So it's um, been fun. It's fun learning. I'm really excited to use it against high-level hitters this summer, see how they respond. So I got to ask also, do you see this in baseball now you see this in mm-hmm. the bigs but does this also happen in independent ball where they will try to play matchup with you so because they kind of know who you are and maybe what you offer do they try to match up against you with a lefty or do they just play it as is oh 100 100 when i played in quebec was at 2017 you know first half of the year i pitched really well had a you know a, a low two era a lot of success and then everyone figured it out <laughs> All right. When he comes in, you know, take out your good right-handed hitter and put in a mediocre lefty and he has a better chance of getting a hit, you know, cause it just, it's just so easy for the lefties to, cause there's no fear. The ball runs away from them. Of course. And I can never figure out an off speed. That was a problem. Mm. You know, no change up, you know, had a mediocre splitty little slider, but they were not good pitches by any means. They're waiting on yeah. it or they're, they're trying to yeah. sit on something else. That they just know. the fastball. Everyone just sitting on the fastball, you know, the submarine fastball. It's yeah. a great pitch against the righties. You know, even if the righty knows it coming, they still struggle. But for a lefty, you know, they just lean over the plate, throw hands, hit it the other way. They figure yeah. that out. So, yeah. And then the second half of the season, once they figured that out, it was just all lefties. All I was seeing was lefties. Yeah. Know? So. Did you try to combat it with any other pitch? Did you try to work on anything over, uh, you know, that time during in Quebec? Did you also yeah. try to work on that even this off season? So how are you trying to combat that right now yourself? Um, well, the overhand, yeah, overhand, bringing out the overhand. Um, and like I was saying against David Ortiz, that hard overhand fastball inside and then the overhand splitty that kind of just looks like the fastball, but dives away. Mm-hmm. I seem to be really working with the lefties. Um, it just, you know, mixing up, I have four pitches overhand. So I'll just throw any of those to the right lefties, you know, nice. overhand curveball, back foot sliders. I like mixing it up. Um, you know, but with the, the righty hitter, it's a submarine fastball, overhand slider. That's it. Yeah. You know, you know it's pretty, pretty unilateral. I'm, I know you mentioned the cutter. Are you bringing out the cutter at all or no? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's the overhand cutter. Uh, yeah. I call okay. it a cutter, but it's more of a slider. Okay. Gotcha. You know, but I have to convince myself that it's a cutter because if I think slider and try to spin it, then you got the old, you know, the, the wobble. concrete mixer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to think, I got to force myself to think it's a cutter so that, you know, you commit to the fastball, you know? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been fun figuring it out. Um, like I said, many, many hours at my facility by myself, throwing into the net, going into that net, you know, doing that drive line program as well. Oh boy. Yeah, so trying yeah. to get that power up, that you know, that 
hip and shoulder separation. And uh, to tell you the truth, you know, I became, I was been a full-time instructor for the last three years. And through instructing, I've learned a lot of the flaws I've been making. Mm. You know, when, when I'm you telling can... a kid, hey, your shoulders are opening too early. And then it's like, damn, I'm making that same mistake, <laughs> you know? So it's also important work. to visualize it on someone else too right so like mm-hmm. if you can actually see it happening on someone in front of you you can mm-hmm. obviously call it out but then like you said you just call it out to yourself and say hey man i gotta start working on that myself too yeah yeah of course right True. you know and you pick up mistakes that you've made making your whole career but you've just never been aware of it yeah you know? so no it's it's been fun it's been fun learning growing and uh yeah figuring it out good stuff yeah good luck this season Appreciate what is that. your you as well thanks man thanks yeah. when's your first game scheduled when are you uh, uh, June third? June third is our first home game, our nice. first game of the season in Barrie, uh, playing Toronto, I believe it is. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Best of luck this season, man. Best of luck this Thank summer. Yeah. I wish you all the luck in your prep uh, now in that. your off season. Thank you. Which leads me to asking you, what is your off season training looking like? So I'm not even talking about now because right now we're trying to ramp it up, trying to get ready for that June start that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. but what do you do in like november december like what are you trying to do in the off season um training wise so are mm-hmm. you doing any lifts are you trying to do a lot of cardio are you like what are you trying to focus on training wise to prepare yourself for a baseball season um yes yeah, great question thanks for asking um a little bit of everything you know i felt like early in my career is very unilaterally focused okay go to the gym go to the gym go to the gym but it now was go to like, the gym, but what was it going to the gym before? Uh, like, what heavy was lifting, heavy, heavy lifting, you know, heavy, heavy arm, well, mediocre arms, heavy legs, you know, core. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for instance, I got like my schedule here, you know, like for instance, uh, you know, Monday is yoga and stretching. Um, Tuesday is a heavy throwing program, um, two hour bike, uh, full body workout with bands, you know, Wednesday, light throwing program, boxing, heavy legs. Thursday, um, heavy arm, core, and archery. You know, Friday uh, is my nature walk. Go for nice. a 10-kilometer walk in nature. A heavy throwing program as well. Um, so I like, it's just a variety. I just I like, like to mix it. Yeah, mix it up. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not strict to the schedule. If a day I wake up, you know, my lower back's tight, you know, I'm not going to do a heavy leg day, you know. Then I'll just do, you know, maybe I'll do another stretch day. Yeah. Uh, gotten more into listening to the body as well. Got to do it I, as you, you know, get older. Yeah, exactly. You know, it used to be too, too gung-ho before. It's like, oh, today's heavy legs. You know, your, your lower back and hips are killing you, but get it done. Come on, go, 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 you know? Yeah. But now it's like, no, listen to your body. Recovery is so important. You know, recovery is so key. So like, uh, just got myself an inversion table. Oh, nice. Set that up. Yeah. Nice. nice. So, and then, uh, yeah, so it's just a, a little bit of a lot of things. I like you know, that. Of, yeah. Honestly, I really like that. Be- athlete. Oh, 100%. Yeah, instead of just strong. Uh, you know what? I think the the one thing that's always been missing, I think, for a lot of us as athletes mm-hmm. is when we were younger, I don't know about you, you're still in our general age group, but when we were younger, we were always taught to do multiple things. Mm-hmm. We were never taught to just be a baseball player. Like, that was my dad. My mm-hmm. dad was like, do baseball, swing the bat, throw mm-hmm. a ball, like do that for the rest of your time, but like try to enjoy all the other sports. Mm-hmm. But now you see athletes being bred 
to be one specific thing. But I think what's really important is that you pick up other things from something like archery, you mm -hmm. pick up something from yoga, you pick up mm -hmm. something from playing other sports or activities that mm -hmm. will translate a thousand percent into what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I did not even know that you did yoga. So how are you finding yoga is helping you out? Like, how is that helping your daily grind? Well, to tell you the truth, I've been doing it for years. And that wow. was that was a pivotal moment in my career was because wow. um, I started my senior year of university. In, I think it was Illinois or is that? Uh, uh, that was in New transferred? Mexico. New Mexico. Yeah, okay. that was in New Mexico. Senior year prior to that, you know, the four years prior to that, I had two major injuries with my shoulder, one minor injury with my elbow. And I was always just getting hurt. Mm -hmm. um, and then my senior year, because I had redshirted one season, my senior year was my fifth year. Okay. So I had minimal credit hours in class. So I'm like, all right, let me just pick up other classes. What else is available? All right, yoga. So I, I took two yoga classes every or for that last semester, um, basically one class every day. Okay. And all of a sudden, man, my body started feeling great. You know, my arm didn't hurt no more. Um, my balance was better. But the biggest thing was the breathing. You know, I agree. Didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't realize how important it was, you know, mm -hmm. you know, before prior to yoga, I used to go and pitch and I'd be, <laughs> you know, bulldog mentality. Oh, come on, let's go. Let's go. Getting all amped up. Yeah. That's, a, that's um, like then, the bro mentality, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Come on. Got to let it eat. Let it eat. You know, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you start learning like the Ujjayi breathing deep into the nose, holds, breath holds. Um, and that's really changed just the mentality of life, not just baseball. But, you know, ever since that year, it's become a, a staple. Yeah. A staple, you know, at least three times a week, I'm stretching or doing yoga for an hour, at least. It has to, you know, I won't survive if I don't anymore. Maybe even more psychologically than physically, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So. You mentioned it psychologically. Mm -hmm. For you to be a really good athlete and to play at the level that you are also playing, you mentioned a key word earlier, and it mm -hmm. was visualization. How much does that play into your world right now? Oh, man, it's huge. Everything I do is, you know, swinging the golf club into a net. You know, it's not hitting a ball into the net. No, you got to put yourself out there. See yourself on the tee box, mm -hmm. you know. Put yourself in the moment. Like I said, with the, the pitching, every even though as I'm throwing into a net, it doesn't feel like uh, it's non-competitive. Sure. You know, I'm in that facility by myself. I hit that inside fastball on David Ortiz. I'm pounding my glove. I'm pumped. You know, I'm getting into it. And then sometimes I have to tell myself, hey, yeah, it's chill, man. By yourself. It's <laughs> weird, you know, but no, it's, <laughs> you know, it's so key. So key, you know, because um, I was listening to an interview with John Smoltz. Mm -hmm. um, not too long ago. And they're talking about his success in game seven playoff games. I think he has a five and O record in game cool. sevens with like a 0.5 ERA, you <laughs> know, ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And they're asking like, you know, why is it that, you know, we've seen so many great pitchers choke under the pressure of game sevens, but here you are, that seems to get better in game sevens. And, and his and in answer, fairness, his stuff yeah. isn't like, it's not, we're not talking about Scherzer yeah. stuff either. No, no, he was a great pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but hundred percent, but you know, 0.53 ERA is next level, you know? Yes. And his answer though, was what got me. He said, ever since I started playing baseball as a kid, he said, I've always been pitching into a, into a, a barn in my backyard. He's like every single pitch I threw in that barn 
I visualize myself in game seven of the world series. Right. So he, he he's like, in my mind, I'm 999 and Oh, in game sevens. <laughs> right? So that he's just so comfortable in that scenario because he had it in his mind. Right. So when he's put yes. in the situation, it's like, Hey, I've done it 10,000 times before. This is nothing, no different from what I've done before, you know? So, you know, it, after I heard that and hearing other stories along those lines, you know, it's like, okay, you got to, it's very important. You know? Is there another athlete that you follow that has that same visualization techniques that you bring into your daily life? Is there someone else that you use as a mentor for yourself personally? Uh, sure. Um, have you heard of David Goggins? Oh man. Oh yeah. Dude, That's his a- motivational videos <laughs> yeah. kills me crazy <laughs> right uh he's a lunatic but the people that I don't know it's... the story of david goggins go find out mm-hmm. yes uh you know 23 year old 300 pounds out of shape and then ends up becoming the superhuman uh, ultra athlete running 100 yeah. mile marathons in the desert uh, every Navy day seal crazy story yeah every day right <laughs> and that, that tense intensity you know, intensity of just everything he does on his own, you know, carries over into his every, everyday life. And uh, yeah. that's a guy, you know, I read his book and that really changed my perspective as well of, hey, you can change yourself. You can put yourself into that intensity, um, you know, and I, I think that's necessary. You watch some of the greats. Sure, there's a lot of stoic greats, but I love guys like Scherzer. Yeah. You know, he's not trying to, you know, it's not an act. You know what he does, the way he carries himself with that intensity. No, he's just so deep inside his own head that when he accomplishes what he puts his mind to, he rewards himself with excitement. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, I think that's important. You know, yeah. Um, enjoy the little things. You know, I think that's, I think that visual preparation and that mental mm-hmm. preparation is key for anyone that's looking to find success. Mm-hmm. So whether that's trying to lose 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, with John Smoltz trying to win game seven of the World Series, I think that's extremely, extremely important for people that want to actually achieve those goals. Because if you can't actually see that mentally, you're never going to get there. It's it's absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's got to be vivid. Yes. You have to, set to, to be a vivid image. You have to immerse yourself in that experience, mm-hmm. you know, to really commit yourself to it. Yes. What it feels That's, like, the nerves that you would have at that moment, how strong mm-hmm. you feel while you're there. Mm-hmm. Those are all very the emotions, you know, emotions. emotions, you know, like I said, when I'm throwing that, I feel my heart rate going, you know, yeah, no one's around. <laughs> it's myself. just you, just you, yeah, just me. But yeah, I have that. I feel like I'm throwing in front of 20,000 fans. You know, I feel the rumble of the stadium. It's, it's cool. You know, being able to put your mind at that level. Yeah. You know, but so if you're in that mental headspace Mm -hmm. and i thought this was important for me and i still think it's important for me that to do this as well too so i'm always visually mentalizing or geez i'm always Mm -hmm. visualizing that success Mm -hmm. but i've also visually prepared myself for failure do you ever prepare yourself for failure if that happens at all as well um that's a good question um so when i say failure i don't mean you know, a nine ERA season. I just mean that David Ortiz, you give up mm-hmm. that home run. All right, now, so how do I check back in? Mm-hmm. Do I obviously do I absorb that or do I move on? Do I move forward? Mm-hmm. 
Do you prepare yourself for that, that negative reaction? Question. Um, well, I'll tell you this much. When I do miss that spot, I visualize David Ortiz dropping a 450 foot bomb <laughs> on me. I visualize it. Right. So yeah. I guess in that sense, you know, you I do. see the consequences of the negative um, results. You yes. know? So, um, but I've I think never that's actually thought about it that way. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting way of looking at it for sure. I, I think it's important and maybe mm-hmm. failure is too strong of a word, but I think that's important yeah. to understand that, mm-hmm. you know, the success game mm-hmm. seven, you got the trophy, you got the rings, you got the mm-hmm. champagne shower. I think that's important to visualize, mm-hmm. but it's other also, well. yes, it's important to actually see the other side. So like you said, mm-hmm. hitting the home run mm-hmm. for me, maybe I get taken as too serious when I'm playing sports, mm-hmm. but it's because I know that I can hit a three pointer or I know that I can hit a bomb or I, I can pitch in a game seven. It's because I know I can do those things. That's going to mm-hmm. fuel me to go the other way, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, there's the old, the old saying, it's not, you know, the, people say you either you win or you lose. Uh, I say you either you win or you learn. Yes. You know, my biggest life lessons thus far have been through um, what some people might perceive as failures. Right. But, you know, in the moment, it felt like I failed. Mm-hmm. looking back on it now it's more like man it was such a valuable lesson i'm so glad that happened you know i'm so glad that happened so yeah it just depends how you look at it right of course your perspective yeah. going in i think is important if you mm-hmm. uh just see it as solely a failure or a loss mm-hmm. of course it's it's damaging it could be tough physically and mentally mm-hmm. but if you learn from it and you're able to move forward mm-hmm. with that lesson from it yep and you definitely 100% grow from it. I think that's key to your success, especially trying to chase that dream. And again, mm-hmm. I, I wish you all the luck. Thank you. I wish you all the best luck there, man. Yeah. Keep thinking of David Ortiz up there. All day, yeah. And just get <laughs> upset when you don't get your spot, but yeah, just keep hitting that spot, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It just makes me want to hit it more, you know? Okay, how do I be more consistent there, you know? Yeah. But no, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Very, very pumped. It's, just, it's fun. It's good. Um, it. so i know what you love doing and do it with all your heart right 100 percent. yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent. so i know um you made a joke earlier and we did you kind of did this yeah so when you were growing up and when i was growing up mm-hmm. we were both never the best in shape kids i was yeah. a little that's saying it lightly <laughs> <laughs> listen man it's coming from one other fat kid too so like it's not i'm, I'm not pointing the finger at you i was a fat hey, kid i'm stress, still kind of big boy stress. yeah so where was the change in like the the growth process what made you like mentally say to yourself you know something needs to change here like what what was that what was that point and what made you go the other way because as i see you from a distance Mm -hmm. you're not that man anymore yeah you can say that (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can say that um to to tell you the honest truth it was just education you know i didn't know a lot of things that i was doing were bad um, for instance, you know, when I was in university, I used to chug Sunny D and, and Lipton green tea. Lipton green tea? Lipton green tea. You okay, know? okay. You think Lipton green tea. Hey, it's green tea. It's a healthy <laughs> choice. I thought it was a healthy choice compared to, you know, soda. Ice tea. Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until later in my life that I actually looked at the label and like, damn, this has 30 <laughs> grams of sugar. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize how bad sugar was, you know, yeah. just little things. Um, 
also, you know, in university, I was eating a lot of frozen food. Mm. You know, sure, the box said, oh, it has 15 grams of protein, but it also has, you know, 90 80 grams, grams of carbs. Of MCGs. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it just was knowledge. I just didn't know. You know, I knew I had to, and, you know, I knew I had to be healthy. I wanted to be healthier, always wanted to be healthier, but it was just knowledge of how bad certain things were. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I remember vividly drinking a whole jug of Sunny D in one day and thinking it wasn't a bad thing. Hey, vitamin C, man. I need yeah, it. Yeah. Immune system's wrong, you know? Yeah. So that was it. And just figuring it out as you go and um, stopping the cheating, you know. Um, now when I cheat, it's just I cheat with things that I love. You know, it's no longer okay. It's because it's there, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Uh, if you don't like it, don't eat it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just little by little, just um, educating yourself, like educating. You said, right? Yeah. Studying. I learned a lot about nutrition. Uh, you know, I started you know, fasting, doing in- intermittent fasting. Um, Are you still doing like, it this day? Yep. Like, I've Oh, been good today. for you, man. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's good. And then, but I smashed during the time it's eat, you know, like yes, I'm yes. going to break my fast with a protein shake and, or protein shake and a big old steak yeah you know and then uh so yeah and they're just regimenting the the diet because i'm eating stuff i love still yes like you're not cutting any corners you're just not you're just not feeling yourself with crap exactly exactly yeah you know so you know i basically like a typical day now it's i'll eat a bunch of mixed nuts and pistachios um massive steak um two chicken breasts um, some goat cheese and two protein protein shakes. Nice. You know, soul stuff I love. Tastes great. Not skimping and, on anything. You still eat no, what you eat. I don't feel like I'm restricting myself. There's, you know, especially, you know, the convincing your mind. Right. Now I look at sugar like a poison. Because mm-hmm. that's what it is, right? Sugar yeah. is a poison, essentially. It really is. So, you know, things that I used to love eating candy and stuff. Now I look at it and just psychologically it just shuts down. No, man, stay away from that stuff. You're going to destroy your body, yeah. you know? So it's, it's not hard anymore just because of the, the, the information, you know, done so much re- nutrition research that it's, you know, changed the mind on a lot of these things. Yeah. Was sugar the big the big no-no for you? Was there something else that you came across that was also a big no-no or was sugar just like heavy up front, number one? Yeah, sugar is the killer. Yes. Sugar is the killer. You know, looking back on it, you know, especially in university, I got to, there's a time I was 255 pounds. Wow. You know, and that's pretty big for a 5'11 frame, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah man, it wasn't a healthy 255. I'll tell you how much, you know. Listen, man, I was at 255 at my worst as well too, except yeah. I was not 5'11 like you. I was 5'8". Ooh, okay. All right. Okay. I take my back. That's a little worse. But yeah, two fifty-five for either yeah. of our frames is yeah a good number. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like we were bodybuilders. No, <laughs> it was uh, no. layers on layers on layers. You know. Yeah. Sure, it kept me warm in the winter. A lot of insulation. Yeah, that's about all it's good for. Listen, similar to you, man. Uh, yeah. you know, you had Sunny D as your as your go-to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had it worse. I actually thought a Slurpee was the best way to go. Oh man! Yeah, yeah it was just bad. concentrated sugar. <laughs> so <laughs> liquefied sugar. <laughs> yeah. So I learned my lesson the hard way as well too. But again, mm-hmm. like you said, it's not a failure. Mm-hmm. 
you learn your lesson, you move forward from it. Right. Mm -hmm. Precisely. You know, so, you know, I, I, I don't look back on anything I did in my life and say, uh, I don't have no regrets. I have no regrets in my life, you know, because you learn from them. Yeah. As long as you learn from them, you know, agree. So, I uh, wanted to tap onto one other thing because I did not know that you do fasting as well too. So I as well love, 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 love intermittent fasting. Okay. What got you started? Research. Yeah. Research. yeah. <laughs> Some people the just, research. there's so much information out there, right? It is. There is. And you just have to go get it, you know? Yeah. Um, like you said, with the podcasts, um, I listen to a lot of the Joe Rogan podcasts. Um, that's my go-to, but you know, it's cool because he has the write-up of the guests. Mm-hmm of who it is. So like, you know, the comedians, I don't really listen to, I listen to all the doctors and I'm just like, okay, let's see what information they have. The, the thing I like is like, you know, Joe Rogan's a regular Joe Schmo like us yep. in his yep. understanding. So he's asking the basic questions that I'm asking as well. Of course. You know, so that's a lot of information I've gotten from the doctors that he brings onto there. Um, you know, they, they suggest books and, you know, I sort of peak performance. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yep. Amazing book. And yep. Wow. That one really blew my mind. Sleep, mm. right? Sleep. Sleep is a big one. Big one. Big, big one. Big one. Definitely. You know. So now it's I have to get eight hours. You know, before I thought I was a champ when I would stay up late and you know wake up early the next morning. I'm and like, do it all over again. Yeah, I'm so good. But yeah, maybe I wasn't performing at that high level. You know, yeah. sleep is so important. You know, just yeah. again psychologically. So you, you know, you mentioned Joe Rogan. Do you uh, do you follow Rhonda Patrick as well too? Dr. Rhonda Patrick? Yeah, I don't follow her, but I've listened to her on Rogan's podcast. She yeah. she normally gives out a lot of information very mm-hmm. quickly. Yes. In the podcast. So whenever I listen to her on Joe's, yeah. I got to like slow it down and listen to it yeah. like maybe five or six times. Yeah. It's hard to follow. Yeah, it's it is because he gets very scientific with it. She gets yeah. very scientific. But again, you want to yeah. see how it applies to you. Mm-hmm. Sure, right? sure. So like yeah. all these facts are out there, but you can't do all of those things. You have to no, like no. pick something and just experiment with yourself and try it out. That's the key, right? That's the key. It also comes from self-discipline, right? So yeah. for instance, like the keto diet, I know that's very popular right now, but I don't enjoy the foods you have to eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, you said you just did a big steak. You yeah, did no, that, that I love. I love the chicken, you know, but What's I the love carb? the mixed nuts. Uh, and pistachios. It's still good fats. It's not a little bit, man. Like I eat a (laughs) lot of mixed nuts, you know. So, like they're like, you know, I, I, it's not. I don't. I feel like it doesn't have to be a specific thing. Everyone's different. Everyone's different, right? Um, I love mixed nuts. For someone else, it might kill them. Mm. You know what I mean? So then, how can our diets be the same? Of course. Right. So it's just picking and choosing what works, what doesn't. Feeling out your body. Um. Uh, recording was important. I never liked recording or journaling or anything like that. Um, Forced myself to do it and started realizing, okay, I feel like shit today. Let's see, what did I eat yesterday? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. It was this, you know, that croissant you had or whatever (laughs) it was, you know, and you start identifying, you know, so. I think that's important. I think that's important Mm -hmm. to track because again, some people are just I hate to say it, but some people are just blindly eating and blindly consuming mm-hmm. what they're taking. But for someone like you, again, performance is key. So you're trying mm-hmm. to find what makes you optimally perform. And mm-hmm. it may not be the croissant, but for the mm-hmm. person that just wants to, you know, live healthily, maintain their weight, maybe they can mm-hmm. sneak in a croissant or two, right? Sure. Of course. Of course. One or two here or there. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, the problem with old jazz was, you know, you put a bag <laughs> of Doritos in front of me. 
and I'm inhaling that thing like a vacuum. <laughs> you know, it's gone and within 20 minutes. And I'm talking about family size, not just a oh little goodness. You know what I mean? Everything nowadays is family size, uh, man. Have yeah, you right. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, but that's good. Cost so I, good. I know it's important to still let loose a little bit. So what are sure. your uh, what are your vices? What are your your loves? What do you have to mm. go to once in a while? Again, not every day, but what do you have sure. to go back to? Yeah, I usually try once a week. I'll you know indulge myself. Uh, pizza is one, mm-hmm. but you know it's no longer eating six slices. I'll have two or three <laughs> slices and I'll be good. You know, um, it's tough. Pizza is no one, I, and even that. You know, I've maybe had pizza twice in the last three months. Wow. You know, discipline. It, it, on it, discipline. To, well, to tell you the truth, I just love what I'm eating right now. It's not like I'm craving anything else. No, I every day is like, hell yeah, I can't wait to break this fast. Those pistachios, <laughs> man, they're calling my name. I obliterate pistachios. Like it's a graveyard of shells by the time I'm done, you know. I can't, my mouth is so dry because of all the salt, but hell man. <laughs> you know, it's so good. You know what? But I think nah, people I underestimate under I think people yeah. underestimate fasting because they think that we're just completely restricting ourselves over the entire mm. day. We're not gonna eat. Mm. But I think what people don't understand is that when it's our window to eat. We Oof. eat, yeah, like a tank, get <laughs> tank, man, get to because that's how it works. Every day, you know, I work out in the morning, break the fast around one, okay, one to two is my eating period, and then two to three before I leave for work at three. Okay, that hour is just, I I call it meditation, <laughs> but you can it's also call it a, time. a food coma. You know, just, <laughs> just gut out to here, you know. I'm just so stealthy, you know, <laughs> you know. But I got to ask you, how do you feel though? Like I've done intermittent fasting for at least two, two and a half years right now. Mm -hmm. Even if I have that window to eat, I don't feel like shit. No, spectacular. You know, I'll, I'll smash. I'll have, I do meditate. So after I eat, I'll do my meditation. I'll sit still, focus on my breathing. Cause I know I'm pretty much. Kind of in a deficit at that point. Yeah. I can't really do too much. I'm, I'm, my body is just working so hard to break down the food. Yes. Right. So I just shut down my body, let it just we're let the digestive system work mm-hmm. and just breathe, you know? So I'll give myself about 30 minutes of meditation after my big smash. <laughs> and then, then, you know, I, I feel great. I feel great. I love this, this, this eating pattern, um, you know, uh, go to sleep well, wake up well, you know, there are some times like around this time that I'll have little grumblings in the tummy, like All right, yeah, yeah. You know, getting hungry, but you know, nothing too severe and your body gets used to it. For sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. So for, for me, uh, again, different goals. I think you're more performance aligned. Mm-hmm. For me, it's very much health specific. So sure, I wanted to restrict the amount of food that I was having in a certain amount of in a, an entire day. I wanted to restrict mm-hmm. not necessarily the calories, but just the window to give my body a bit of a break. Yeah. So that's where it came in for me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, no problems, no issues, but mm-hmm. my window had to adjust. To fir- so first it was 18.6. So okay. then it started slightly 18, getting smaller. six. Like six was your eating window? Six was my eating window. Oh, wow. Six hours. Okay. That's really, yeah. But then it started coming down tighter and tighter and tighter. And now it's gotten to this point where I'm close to maybe three hours, maybe three and a half hours of an eating Three hour window. window. Really? Yeah. So, like, what are wow, you doing that's right crazy. now? Crazy. I'm doing nine hours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I have that massive meal around one. And then I'll eat again around just before 10 p.m. Okay. I'll have like two chicken breasts. After work, before work, after work. 
after work. Yeah. 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 After work. Um, That's crazy. Three hours. It depends on everybody, man. Like again, sure, it, sure, sure. For and performance, okay with that? yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. I, again, great energy, no problems. Um, yeah. I always wake up very well. Uh, I don't have any problems going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, I I focus heavily on the number now, so it's not mm-hmm. six hours anymore, and I can get my day going. Like mm-hmm. your body does need to restore itself. So sure, finding sufficient sleep. What time is your window of sleep? Uh, of eating or of eating? Um, yeah. My workday is obviously, as you can probably imagine with the COVID is a little more inconsistent, mm-hmm. but my time window of eating typically starts at about 4 PM every day. Okay. And for three or four o'clock, depending on the day, it's not always sure. like a hard start. Sure. Sure. Um, some days I've actually even started at 6 PM and I've just went to six oh, wow. to 10. So okay. like anywhere from three to 10, I'll pick mm-hmm. a nice four hour window slot. And just like you said, just chow. Yeah. Just smash. <laughs> just yeah. smash. Yeah. Just smash. But I think that's important for everybody. Mm -hmm. Do you break the fast when something's small or do you just go straight into it? So I used to break the fast pretty big. Yeah, I used to. And Mm -hmm. uh, what I've been taught recently, at least, was uh, I went to go see a naturopath. Mm -hmm. And she said, the fasting is phenomenal. Just keep it up. That's great. Mm -hmm. But I would break it with like a simple sugar or like a, a fruit, at least a fruit. Really? So break it with like blueberries uh for me it's like a blueberry smoothie so i'm actually gonna break the fast right now and it's a little early but i woke up early this morning sure so again my my window is flexible i just try to stay tight and that's a key word right there right flexible yes right you you know i have my schedule but it's not set in stone you need to adjust you adjust you just feel yourself right listen to your body listen to your mind yeah that's good. I think flexibility is important because again, yes. if you're stuck to that schedule, like you have, and you say, I have to eat at three o'clock. Yeah. My girlfriend hates me. Yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Right? Yeah, she, yeah. She's got dinner time. She wants to eat at a certain time, but mm-hmm. uh, you still gotta be, you still gotta live life. So as mm-hmm. long as you're flexible with it, I think you're not, you know, damaging any other parts of your life. Like allow mm-hmm. it to be inclusive with the people that you're around. Right. Of course. Of course. And just, just keep it in mind. Right. Just be mindful of all your decisions. And, you know, I, that's it. Like on the weekend, sometimes I won't fast at all, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's tough work days and I don't want to be working, you know, a 13 hour shift working starving. Dry. Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, you don't have enough time to sit down and eat. So it's kind of like, for instance, like my Sunday, you know, I'm instructing from 10 AM to 10 PM straight, mm-hmm. you know, not a, one minute off. So what am I supposed to eat then? <laughs> You know, so, you know, I have like five boiled eggs and I'll just have one every couple hours, you know, just to, to, to sustain, yep. Yep. you know, so it's just modifying it based on what your circumstances are. Of course. Keep it fueled, right? Keep it fueled. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So do you still track your, mar- your macros, your protein, carbs, your fats? No, not, consistent? not anymore. No, no. Do you use um, anything to track like how your body feels even like a a Fitbit or an Apple watch are you using any of these like fitness texts to help you? Nope. nope. 100% nope. feel. 100% feel. Um, I feel like I got it pretty down. The one thing I'm worried about with those, like the, the, cause I, I was looking to like the whoop strap. Oh yeah. 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 I was looking to that, but you got one going. Yeah. I got oh, one. Going. Yeah. All right. The only issue is that I don't want it telling me that I didn't recover. Cause I, you know, when, <laughs> Because then you have that in your mind. Yeah, right? I get it's you. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't push hard because I didn't recover. <laughs> nah, you know, like <laughs> I got to convince myself to get it done no matter what. Yeah, that's you true. Know, if I feel sore, then I'll take it easy. 
but I feel like I can feel myself better than, oh, you know, a strap or something else can tell you. Yeah. And I just don't want to have, I honestly, the big thing to tell you the truth is I want to spend a, as little time on technology as possible. That's good. That's my life goal. That's you good, know, I eventually want to get to a point where I don't need a cell phone, you know, because even right now I keep catching myself, you know, every once in a while checking Instagram, I'm like, damn it, man, it's time wasted, you know, and then yeah. literally I whip it against the couch. I'm like, no, <laughs> come on, get back to, you know. Um, get back to real life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Enjoy the present, be in the moment. And that's a really tough thing. Yeah. You know, it's, you, you know how the mind works. It's always thinking about something of the past or thinking think about something in the future, but then you're never in the now, you know, and the now is the only thing we have control over, truly have control over. So that's a really, you know, big thing I'm trying to do to be more mindful of the present. I like that. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, it's tough. I like that. <laughs> to be honest, over this podcast, um, I don't know what, so whenever I do this podcast, I try to come prepared with some things I want to get out that I can share with the listeners. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll try to find one little nugget that I want to keep to myself. Mm-hmm. And I think 2020, 2021, the speed of life, I get it. Um, but I think what's important for me that I just took out of that right now is again, being mindful even more so about being in that moment, mm-hmm. because again, it's easy to look ahead. It's easy to look behind and we have, you know, we have the ability to do that whenever we want. But mm-hmm. like you said, I think being more mindful of being in that moment is something I'm going to actually take, you know, for myself out of this podcast specifically. So uh, again, thank you for that, man. And no it's my pleasure. It's, it's not easy. It's no, tough. It's not it's, easy, man. It, probably the toughest thing over the diet, over the working out, over all of that. It's just being present in the now. It's yeah. so tough, man. It's so tough but yeah. necessary, necessary. 100%. Yeah. Um, speaking of being in the moment, mm-hmm. doesn't exactly relate, but there's going to be a tie to this a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. So the shirt that you're wearing, mm. yes. I kind of want to talk about that because uh, I did some digging into a little bit of history and I have some kind of points and bullets that I kind of want to touch on mm-hmm. um, for the listeners and for people that are listening to the podcast. Uh, tell us what ECDC is, uh, mm-hmm. talk to us about what the organization is and the charity is. Just give us the whole background as much as you can mm-hmm. about ECDC okay. and uh, inform the listeners as to what you're doing. Sure, sure. Um, ECDC stands for Every Child Deserves a Chance. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization uh, that I founded about two and a half years ago. Um, basically, what we do is we dedicated to providing sporting opportunities to children in Africa that come from, uh, you know, lesser developed countries or communities, uh, primarily South Africa and Uganda is where we focus most of our attention. Uh, we reason I, we started this organization was like I was saying, I lived in South Africa for 13 months. I was working for a charity out there called play sport for life. Okay. Um, that experience really changed who I was, you know, I, I felt imagine. like I was, yeah, I was very, I was a very self-centered egocentric person. And, uh, you know, obviously I still have some of those traits, but um, when I went out there, my life was dedicated every single day. I was going to local communities, local schools, and uh, just teaching kids how to play baseball, play sports. Um, and then it was the first time I was truly embedded in a scenario where I was seeing the realities of life for some people 
what I mean by that is, you know, you, you realize how much we take things for granted, little things, fresh water, um, warm clothes, clean clothes, uh, food. You know, I was seeing children eight years old drinking out of puddles in the dirt because you know, that's the only water they can have. Um, I was seeing, you know, we would provide food at our summer of events and we'd have kids come in, you know, a six-year-old with their four-year-old and a two-year-old, no parents, you know, just three small children in torn up clothes, just hoping to get a small bite to eat. And um, Honestly, man, uh, yeah. it's hitting me uh, deep. Sorry. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, honestly, take your time because it's honestly hitting me pretty deep. Yeah, seeing me pretty deep um, as well. Um, there's you know, a, there's definitely a, a lot that we take for granted in these times. And, you know, mm -hmm. something as simple as like going through a, a global pandemic. But meanwhile, we all have the safety of a roof over a house to have water, yeah. heat, a bed. You know, those mm -hmm. are not luxuries that everybody in this world has. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, it, yeah, it changed my life, that experience. And, you know, when I came home after my second stint, you know, I just didn't feel right sleeping in this nice comfy bed with this feeling like I left all that behind. Like I just disappeared from that. You know, it was my life every day for six month period, every single day working with these children and seeing the joy that it brought them, seeing the passion of these children, you know, that never knew what baseball was to all of a sudden in two years, making the South African national team because they committed their lives to it. They had nothing else, you know, every single day, every time I got to the baseball field, there's a group of 30, 40 kids sitting there waiting for me. I'd open the gates. They would play and play and play. Sun goes down, you know, they're, they're walking home and through dangerous neighborhoods, you know, and you don't know if they're going to be back the next day, you know, like it was, it was a constant struggle. It's very, very tough for children out there. And, you know, with ECDC, I wanted to create a way that I can continue helping in some way while living here, you know, so, you know, over the last started off as an apparel brand. Um, so it's bamboo, it's a natural fabric. Yep. And uh, the big thing was that, you know, the profits would go to support the growth of sports in Uganda and South Africa. Um, but I quickly realized, you know, I didn't want to commit so many, so much of my time and resources to apparel and inventory and that kind of stuff, marketing, yeah. right? So it, it, we re, you know, re you pivoted at that point precisely to just purely uh, about the aid, providing support, um, pr providing jobs for local coaches, um, providing meals for the children. And um, we just have a great support group, a small group of people, but really committed people that, uh, you know, are basically funding the organization ourselves, um, and what we do is we have, you know, five full-time coaches in Uganda right now, ex-national players that are now full-time employees of ECDC that just work seven days a week, you know, 10 hours a day, just training the kids in their areas. And it's honestly, it's, a, it's brings me a lot of joy every day. They send me pictures and videos of these kids and you see them, you know, two years ago, they didn't even know how to put on a glove. And now they're turning double plays, you know, <laughs> dropping bombs, you know, and like playing the game right, you know, and or even the playing the game. Yeah, just playing, playing the game right, all. just playing the game. Yeah, just playing the game precisely. Yeah. Just gives them a reason to forget about, you know, the 
the issues that they face on a regular day. So, and yeah. to tell you the truth, I, I hundred percent believe you're going to see some legends coming out of these places because of the, commitment, the opportunity, this opportunity, you know, they just give them a glove every day, give them a glove. They're wearing that glove for until you pull it off their hand, you know? Yeah. So that's what ECDC is. It's just, just providing opportunities however we can. You know, last year we sent 4,000 pounds of used baseball equipment uh, to Cape Town, South Africa, you know, to be distributed amongst the schools and the communities. Um, you know, during the COVID pandemic, the early days, um, last March 2020, uh, we per- were able to provide over, uh, I think it was 15,000 meals. Wow. Um, to children in Uganda, children, families that, you know, kids that were a part of our organization. So, you know, and it, it's, 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 yeah, but it's, 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 it just, it's time. It's not, doesn't take too much work. It's just, you know, cause the thing in the end of the day, a meal over there costs 20 cents, pennies. 15 cents, pennies, chump change. You know, how often do we throw a, a toonie away? Well, how you often know? do you throw out half of our meal away too, right? Precisely. Right. So, and even with the, the, the coaches, you know, conversion, it's only, we're basically only paying them about 70, 80 bucks a month, which sounds like nothing, but that's enough for uh, their rent and for food for the month. Right. So everything they need and they, you know, so it's, it's, it's very, I love, I love this organization. I love what we're doing. I love to see the kids growing, developing, and, you know, just very excited for what the future holds for these children, you know, because they are getting extremely talented, yep. extremely, you know, we have some ex big leaguers. I don't know if you know, like Greg Zahn. Yep. Uh, yep. Created a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of instructional videos for us uh, to send to the, their players. And, you know, as you see them working on those, those things, um, Kyle, Kyle Farnsworth. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's reached out, you know, 16 year vet, same thing. Um Whenever we post videos, he's always giving us critique. Okay, hey, this kid, he's doing this wrong or he's making this mistake. Here's how he can throw a little faster, you know? So it's cool. It's building a community of just like-minded individuals, people that love the game and want to help in any way possible, you know? Yeah. Even if it's just giving, providing information or moral support, encouragement, you know? Like yeah. saying, community, call, call, building a community, yeah. building a community. Precisely, support. precisely, precisely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's tough now. I, I miss, you know, my coaches, I miss the kids. I wish I could go, but I can't. So doing what I can while I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to touch on this briefly because it sounds like you guys pivoted away from it, but, uh, I did see that you had a Kickstarter campaign that started back in the day regarding the clothing. Mm-hmm. So how did that, how did that end up being, did that end up working out? Um, like yeah. you said, the inventory is probably a little bit more of a tougher thing to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Are you guys maintaining that clothing to still provide those profits to go to South Africa and Uganda, or is that, uh, you know, is that pivoted away yeah. from it? Um, well, it's not our main objective anymore. Okay. Right. Primarily when we started that Kickstarter, the whole plan was, okay, we'll make an apparel brand based on supporting the youth. Yep. Right. So that was the whole plan. And Kickstarter went great. We reached our goal, which was $20,000, wow. a substantial amount of money. Um, and yeah, we did really well. The money helped a lot. We were able to buy almost, you know, 1500 brand new soccer balls, um, to provide to schools. Um, 
but yeah, it was just tough because of the time commitment involved with, you know, talking to manufacturers, um, the funding involved with advertising and purchasing inventory. And it just felt like, I, you know, people involved, everyone wanted to help. Right. And it's just trying to channel the, yes, not trying we, to lose a message. Mm-hmm, precisely. Precisely. Okay. So we do still have the, the apparel available, the original shirts. Uh, we sell them on our website, um, teamecdc.org. Um, they are available. 100% of proceeds go to support our cause. But to tell you the truth, after that campaign, we had a lot of fun. A lot of the funding um, was from people saying, hey, you know, we don't want the apparel. We don't want the shirts. We just want to help your cause. Yeah, yeah. You know, and after that, people just kept on funding, provide, you know, donating. They didn't want the clothes. They didn't want the shirts. They just wanted to help. They just want to help. And I'm just, it really opened my eyes to the, the goodness of people. You know, we see so much evil on, on, you know, internet, media and all that. But I was, I was amazed by people's willingness and want to get involved. And it was purely on the um, organizational side, on the, you know, the, the supporting the children, right? They yeah. said, you know, yeah, we, we, we want to support, but we don't want to buy 10 shirts. We'd rather <laughs> use the funds. Put that in towards the kids. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what it's kind of grown into. We have you know, a, a small group of supporters that are really just helping ECDC move along, keeping it, keeping it um, afloat, you know, and building it. That's good. So, yeah. I think um, when I was doing some uh, work on your profile and just trying to see what, you know, kind of reinvent myself and just kind of refamiliarize myself with what ECTC was. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that really hit me in my heart was I saw a picture mm-hmm. and obviously the the living circumstances that's beyond question tough to absorb like mm-hmm. for me personally as well again I have the luxury of this beautiful home living with my old man mm-hmm. like that's one luxury but I think I've had the joy of playing sport my entire life and sports has meant a lot for me and I've learned so many life lessons that if I didn't have a sport, I don't know what I would have replaced it with. Mm-hmm. And I saw one picture of a baseball that mm-hmm. was uh, cardboard, I guess. So you guys kind of like they made a cardboard baseball and they just stapled a whole bunch stapled of like it. seams into it. Yeah, that that really hit home because, yeah. again, I have the luxury of a basketball. I have the luxury of baseballs, bats, shoes like I have everything that I need to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But the ingenuity and some you know. and then some <laughs> and, and then some. some. Yeah. But just the the thoughtfulness, mm-hmm. the intelligence of just trying to make it work and make it happen mm-hmm. uh, speaks to how important it is to these kids to to be active, to play, mm-hmm. to get that sense of community for the area, whether it be in South Africa or whether it be in Uganda. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, it's crazy the amount of support that you guys have had. I think it's amazing. I think it's great. Um, and me personally... I knew that it was happening at the time. Mm-hmm. And again, trying to be a little more mindful myself of being more in the moment mm-hmm. uh, for myself and for the listeners that are going to listen to this. How can we get involved? Oh, how can uh, we get involved? How can we participate? How can we support ECDC? Because, you know, again, 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. circumstances are different for everybody. But I think mm-hmm. there's something greater at play that we're all missing. Mm-hmm. So how can we participate? How can we help? Oh man, there's, there's a lot of ways, a lot of ways, obviously um, we can never turn down funding Um, funding 100% goes towards either our coaches or um, hosting tournaments. Um, 
which is very exciting. You know, we have kids that never played in any organized sports before now playing in organized tournaments. Um, so, you know, donating through our website, um, okay. again, it's tvcdc.org. Yep. yep. Um, other ways, you know, right now we're not collecting equipment, but we do run occasional equipment drives. Okay. Um, where people can come and donate any um, new or lightly used equipment that we, we ship over. Um, the other ways, honestly, is just, you know, follow our social media. We have a lot of, especially on our Instagram, um, videos of our, our top players, you know, guys that have been showing passion and growth. And that's been a big one is the moral support of just, you know, cause the players over there, they see it, you know, our coaches show the, you know, Hey, look, they posted your video on uh, the social media and then they read the comments. So when you have a, a Ugandan player that lives in the middle of nowhere, having, you know, Kyle Farnsworth, <laughs> you know saying hey great job just try to stay back on your back leg a little longer you know it's it's can you imagine that being a kid having an ex-big leaguer telling you you know saying keep up the good work and you know motivating so just small things like that go a long way you know long way because any comments that come on a, a video or a picture of a kid you know performing that kid will see every comment sees all the likes you know um, and that, that could change a kid's life, you know, 100%. that could be the, diff- this, oh, wow. I'm, I, there's actual, there's something coming from my work coming from the, the training I'm doing. So it motivates them to keep on working. Yeah. All right. So just little things like that go a long way. Just throwing a comment on there saying, Hey, good job, man. Keep it up. You know? Um, yeah. And, uh, let's see. Yeah. That's probably the best ways to, to help a seller. Just keep, you know, moral support is even so big um obviously move yeah go ahead no no go go ahead ahead. (laughs) um what i was gonna say is what i do plan on doing with this podcast is it's gonna be uh you know kind of cut and shaped in many different ways to kind of make a a message or get some you know some tips out there but what i'm going to definitely do is if you share any of the resources with me Mm -hmm. um whether it be the website or if there's something that you have like with an equipment drive or, mm-hmm. or whatever you have that you guys have to support ECDC, uh, mm-hmm. just let me know and I'll, I'll shout it out. I'll share it out. Um, I will also share this with part of the podcast being released as well too, obviously. Awesome. Um, Thank you. Again, Appreciate I myself, that. I've never, I never personally obviously uh, co- contributed to ECDC. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm having more perspective, trying to slow things down for myself last year Mm-hmm. trying to be a little bit more not to say to myself and selfish, but just trying to like tune into like what's important to me mm-hmm. and finding sport and helping sport and also supporting it in another country and somewhere mm-hmm. that's in much more need than we are. Um, that's going to be, that's, that's going to mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And I hope that some of the listeners that listen to this can also support the cause as well too. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I know the children out there would definitely appreciate it. 100%. You know, so it's, it's, it's growing. I'm very excited for, you know, I, I, it gets me, gives me tingles every morning when I see the videos of these kids just getting better and, you know, 12 year old throwing 65 miles per hour, <laughs> you know, and they just yeah. have electric arms and they're just because their bodies, you know, they don't sit like us for eight hours a day, you know, so their, their structure is just built, you know, their scaps are pulled back and like, <laughs> oh my goodness, you know, if he stays on this trajectory, who knows what's possible, you of know, course. so. 
that's the ultimate goal is to create a network between the community there and, you know, the big league community, the major leagues or whatever it might be, minor league community, right? To give opportunities, scholarships, universities. Uh, you know, last year we did have uh, a high school in Texas called Texas Christian, Texas Christian TCU? High School. Uh, or like- no, it was a high school. High school, okay. Um, they actually sponsored five players from Uganda to come play wow. baseball and go to school. But obviously COVID hit. It, yeah. was just, it was a very tough time because these kids, you know, they saved up their lives, savings, everything their family had to get passport. Right. And we were going to help out with flights and visas and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it didn't turn didn't out. But, out yeah. but at the end of the day, the opportunities exist. Yes. You know, and that's that's the big thing is. So they saw it was real. There's real potential. So that, you know, that just helps keep them motivated to, hey, what else? What else can we do? Yeah. yeah. Anything I can do to help out with either the support of myself or for the listeners, mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to keep providing just that opportunity. That's it. We don't have to get them into the big leagues. We, I mean, it, it would be awesome if they can. We don't need to get them here to Canada. But again, if we could just provide that opportunity for a, a child to understand the importance of sport, mm-hmm. the importance of community and you know, improve their living situation as well too. A hundred percent. I think that's what it's, this is what, what it's all about. So mm-hmm. um, thank you for sharing what ECDC is to you and what mm-hmm. it means to your network of people that are supporting ECDC. So thank you again, man, for, for hey, sharing that. No, thank you for giving me the platform to speak about it. A hundred percent. I, um, I want you to share with me and I don't want you to have to put you on the spot with one or two very specific uh, kids that you know of, mm-hmm. but give us some insight. Give us a nice, strong, positive vibe out of this. Give us a like. Give us some beasts that we're looking for. Who who should we keep our eyes out for Ooh. in the next couple of years? Yeah, I'd say there's a kid from South Africa. I, I briefly brought it up earlier. Um, I met him when I went when I was living out there. Uh, when I met him, he had just learned how to put the baseball glove on. <laughs> you know, didn't know what baseball was, you know, but a freak athlete. And within two years, he made the South African national team. Wow. And was, you know, and was traveling. This kid had never left his uh, township. Wow. You know, and now he's on a plane going to face against, you know, play against the top African countries, you know, and that's in two years. That's from 12 years old to 14. So over his last couple of months, he's been working, still training. Um, very excited about what he can do. His name was Jared Williams. Jared Williams. Jared Williams, yeah. And then um, in the Uganda, we have, I forget his name, uh, Dennis. I forget the last name. His first name is Dennis. And he was the kid I was telling you about. Um, when I went to Uganda in 2019, October, uh, he, we had him throwing 65 miles per hour 12 years old, <laughs> barefoot in mud. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There's a, I think I have the video on my social media somewhere. I posted it when I went. I'll share this as well too. I'll share a yeah. part of this. Yeah. It was, a, it was a tournament, right? It was in a tournament that I saw him. We were hosting a little tournament and uh, he was pitching and I was an umpire and I was umpiring from behind the pitching rubber. Okay. Right. And so he steps up and it was one of those truly jaw dropping moments. Like I caught myself. <laughs> He just laid a seed. 
Yeah, I had to stop the game. I'm like, okay, hold on, batter, get out of the box. <laughs> I need to film this kid pitching. I need to document this because I could not believe what I was watching. Yeah. You know, I could not believe it. You know, I thought, okay, you're not going to go out there to Uganda. There's going to be some kids playing. No, you can tell this kid's been doing it since he was five. <laughs> you know, his, his electricity in his arm and the sound, it was hitting the glove. And how old is this kid? And like, oh, he turns 12 in a couple months. Like, what? He's 11 years old? You know, he's built huge. You know, I even had to ask. I had to get evidence. I'm like, yeah. let me Give see. Give him birth certificate or something. Give me, like, tell yeah. me when. I had to, you know. I forget his last name. I should know it. But he's a kid you're going to watch out for because he's 14 now. And, man, I get these videos and he just has electricity in that arm. You know, like you, you watch him throw. It's not like, oh, okay, he has good mechanics and throws hard. No, he just has an absolute rocket launcher attached to his body. <laughs> you know, just, oh, goodness, I can't, you know, so. But there's a lot of those players out there you awesome. know, that are just super fast or have really good arm, throwing arms. Um, the one problem is, you know, you're not going to see too many power hitters just because, you know, they're not big guys. Not they don't have way, to yeah. eat. Yeah, unfortunately. So, but, you know, the pitching you're going to see some pitchers coming out there. I'm telling you, that kid's going to be throwing mid-90s by the time he's 18. I, <laughs> I can't wait to see walk. it. Yeah, he's coming. He's coming. Because the thing, the funny thing about it, I was wondering why. How did he get throw this hard? Here's the funny part. He, his, Him and his brother, they only had one baseball between them. Okay. And this baseball was so waterlogged. <laughs> It probably weighed like four times the weight of regular baseball. So he's been throwing this thing for the last five years. It's nasty. Like it's grimy. Uh, it's black. It's black. You can kind of see the seams are still there. Yeah, yeah. But that's what they throw all day, every day. He's been on the weighted ball program since (laughs) five years ago. Modified driveline program since he was seven. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, but it's take that's what it takes, right? They talk about like Bartolo Colon used to, you know, he got so good because he was throwing rocks at coconuts and trees. Mm-hmm. You know, that was his job. You know, um, Pedro Martinez uh, used to be a coffee grinder. He'd go to the coffee really? grinding factory with his dad. Yeah, and I just, don't know. Can you imagine just grinding coffee <laughs> hours on days? <laughs> you know, so they said, you know, by the time he was fourteen, he was able to fill up six bags of coffee before a regular employer could do one. Oh my goodness. Right. So he was just he was grinding. <laughs> <laughs> he was really grinding. Yeah, man. For real. That's a real definition of grinding. You know? Even but, uh, yeah. I think of the story like Bo Jackson. That's how he got mm. started as well, too. He was throwing rocks through a screen door. Really? Yeah. He would chase kids uh, mm. and, you know, they would have like competitions of throwing like apples and rocks at each other. Mm-hmm. But he just he had that electricity and he kind of grew up throwing apples at like kids or, and then eventually the kids went home. Mm-hmm. So he started throwing crab apples through people's screen doors. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually he's obviously uh, as electric. So yeah, there's always a weird story to how people find this yeah. electricity. I don't know how they get it, but they, there's always a weird story to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it comes, you know, like you hear uh, Jerry Rice. I heard one of a Jerry Rice uh, receiver, you know, he used to work with his dad and uh, his dad was a bricklayer, right? <laughs> so they always say his dad would be, you know, on the bottom floor, top floor, and okay. the bricks came from the bottom. Oh, my goodness. Right? So they're like dropping bricks, and he was catching bricks with one hand. And, <laughs> you know, he's just catching bricks. Yeah. So imagine how much, like, the hand dexterity creates. Of course, trying to break the fall of every brick. Exactly, right? <laughs> 
and you can't drop them because that's a wasted brick then, you know? So Of course, of course. That's awesome, man. Jarrett and Damien, oh, was it? Was the second kids. one? Kids. Great Jarrett was the first one. What was the second uh, second um, kid we should look out for? Yeah, Jared, Jared Williams and Jared Williams? Dennis. And Dennis, Dennis, sorry, Dar- Dennis. Yeah, uh, uh, his last name starts with an O. I forget. Yeah, I forget his last name. Listen, we'll but, keep our eyes out for him. Um, for me, yeah. man, I'm a baseball fantasy guy, so uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my eyes out. I'm going to stash sure. him in my keepers if he pops up, you know? Yeah, man. And you, <laughs> you'll see him. If you see the video on ECDC, you're going to be like, okay, that's got to be the kid Jazz is talking about, you know, for sure. Dennis. Because sure. his arm, the arm action, he just like, bang. Like the way his <laughs> arm just flings, it's just effortless. There's no resistance, you know? It's, it's just free. Unreal. It's just free. It's, you know, posture is perfect. You know, it's unreal. Nice. I'll keep yeah. my eyes out for him and I'll keep my eyes out. Yeah. Um, again, <laughs> thank you for sharing what ECDC is to us and the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely want to start sharing some of the, the content that you have. So anything that you have with uh, ECDC, just obviously if you can share with me and then I'll, uh, I'll kind of post it along with this as well. Of course. Of course. But again, uh, thank you for sharing ECDC with us. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I want to say thank you for coming to the podcast, man. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to cover up too much of a time out of your day. Yeah, no worries. My pleasure. It's been a blast. Like I, I just had to check the time around. Like, damn, you've been at it for like an hour and a half. Jeez. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes, yeah. you know, it's a bit of a grind. But again, it's easy to keep going. And uh, yeah. I just want to make sure we're kind of efficient with this. Because again, I know you got to get mm-hmm. to work as well. I appreciate that. Thank you. So I just want to kind of tie this up. And I kind of mm-hmm. want to round this up together. So from a training perspective and a health perspective, obviously, you've made some changes to get you to unlock and unleash some performance. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to see if you can give us three tips as to how we can unleash and untap that performance. I know we talked about it in the podcast and you're probably just going to round it up, but again, try to share three tips to unleash and untap that performance. Um, I'd say number one, do your research, right? Really find the information it's out there. It's easily accessible. Um, Peak performance is a book that I would highly, highly suggest because that one's really you know, gave all the information of not only what to do and, but why to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really good. Uh, number two, indulge yourself with stuff you love, you know, especially on the nutrition side. You know, I don't feel, you know, everyone says, Oh, with diets, you have to stop eating things. No, I love everything I eat. I don't feel deprived at all. At no point in my week, am I like, Oh, I wish I could eat this. No, I'm eating everything I love. You know, so just choose the stuff that you love eating that's healthy for you and just fill your life with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd say that's where I'd leave it at. I'll leave it at that. And then just those two are the big ones for you, right? Yeah. And then I'd say the, another one is this just in general, live every day as though it's your last. And you got to truly convince yourself of that. Um, I feel like too much people take today for granted trying to live for tomorrow you know i'm gonna i'm gonna you know i have friends that hate their jobs like oh you know i hate my job but the money's good and i'll enjoy it when i'm 60 you know but i've had (laughs) some very you know i've had some very close family members that just passed away like all of a sudden you know perfectly healthy 44 years old gone perfectly healthy 30 year old you know takes a bad slip gone right and that opens your eyes that, yo, tomorrow is not guaranteed. Not, is not guaranteed. Do not take tomorrow for granted. Live today as though it's the last, because it may as well be your last. You know, and that's what, especially through this COVID, you know, it's really taught us that. 
you know, got to enjoy the moments, enjoy the small things, yeah. you know, and just love life for just being alive for what you want it to be or what you need. No, all you need is your health, you know? Yeah. And I think that comes from your perspective, your learning of your experiences and your past. And mm -hmm. uh, obviously being in South Africa and Uganda, you got to really, really live those experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I just want to say thank you for sharing those experiences with us. Mm -hmm. uh, My pleasure. I, I know it was a deep channel to kind of wake up and, you know, remember and bring back those feelings of what it yeah. felt like to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, that's important to live today as if it's your last and mm -hmm. really enjoy life for what it is right now. So whether mm -hmm. or not you're playing high level ball mm -hmm. or whether or not you're just at home with your pops, mm -hmm. enjoy life for what it is Essential. today. Love it. Love it. That's it. Find what you love doing and do it with all your heart. 100%. Whatever it is, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for, uh, again, for coming to the podcast, man. My pleasure. Deep, Thanks deep, for having me. deep, deep finish, but I love it. I love yeah, it, man. Thank so you, man. thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Thanks for being on the podcast again. Good luck this baseball season, dude. Thank you. You too. Um, yeah. Oh man. We're, we're just kicking tires, dude. <laughs> sure. Don't worry. We're just kicking tires, but again, good luck this ball season. Cause again, um, there's not many guys that are out there mm -hmm. that are out there chasing their dream mm -hmm. and for you to get there one day, man, like Vaughn product, yeah. you know, not ever, ever seeing a guy come out of Vaughn or Maple that mm -hmm. made it. I mean, mm -hmm. big, big deal. So I wish you all the best of luck, man. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate Those righties that. keep chucking that sub. Yep. But the day. lefties keep working that <laughs> over, man. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you got it, man. David Ortiz. He's yeah. Coming. But David Ortiz. He, he has no idea. <laughs> preparing for that guy <laughs> good stuff man good All right. um again thanks for coming to the podcast dude uh, i'm just gonna trim this here um best of luck dude again best of luck personally man uh you, i wish you. you all the best mm -hmm. um be safe with your parents dude man like are you, are you living at home with your dad and your your fam yeah, yeah still yeah, living at home good. no and yeah, no rush to leave right like well especially in this day. market yeah well i'm not worried but more about just hey might as well you know, I've been traveling so much over the years. I'm enjoying time just being with the fam. Yeah, I don't. I'm in no rush to leave. I've you know, nothing to gain, and I think they like having me around. <laughs> you know, sometimes I wonder, but <laughs> you know, we get along really well. So yeah, you know, I'm in no man. rush. You know, That's probably good. grab some property, but I wouldn't move out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope you be safe, man. Again, Appreciate be safe this well. uh, this yeah. spring. Uh, tell how well. your fam. Hopefully, everyone's yeah. doing good. And honestly, uh, do you? I don't know. I'm going to ask your brother at some point, but do you know if he's even playing this year? I think he's done. You think he's, he's done? He loves golf. <laughs> he loves golf, man. He got a simulator himself. Oh my goodness. Right. So he's, he's fully committed and he hated, you know, having to pitch because his body wouldn't recover like it used to. It's like before when it, now when he said last season, when he, when he pitched, he would be done for like three days after. <laughs> couldn't play golf for three days after he's like come no, on it's not worth it. what is he a righty or is he a lefty though uh swinger yeah or thrower swinger uh, swinger swinger uh righty but that's just the backside man that's all right you got, as long no, as you got no, the lead it's side. not just about the arm it's about the lower back oh. too, you know <laughs> the lower back it's shredded yeah but, and he's also saying you know because he's the physio and he's doing a lot of treatment mm -hmm. you know he does a lot of pressure work and he said like with his forearm and his hands it's, it's toxic really, really yeah so he's just like you know 
doesn't enjoy it like he used to and he's living in milton now okay yeah i saw that he was uh up for physiotherapist of the year but a couple years ago in milton i don't know if he was still in oh he did yeah he won good for him man good for him. two years in a row two years wow yeah so he's doing big things uh he moved out there um you know happy married you know bought his own house so he's in a good place and uh he's very content with golf he he doesn't seem like he misses the baseball grind at all yeah to to be honest i took last year off and i just wanted to enjoy the summer just literally Mm -hmm. enjoy it not be tied to a baseball schedule Mm -hmm. not be tied to the guy saying let's practice or have bp like i just did not want to have that commitment sure last summer was probably one of my my best summers yeah probably free huh oh man that's yeah. why it was tough to make the decision to go back this year. But yeah, why'd you decide to go back? Uh, to be honest, some of the, my girlfriend kind of just mm-hmm. more or less pushed me into it. And she said, listen, you're not going to be doing this for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And in addition to it, have you watched Moneyball? Yep, of course. Um, I, I didn't read the book. I only watched the movie. Okay. And in the movie, there's a line from, I want to say it was Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he has Billy Bean playing billy bean mm-hmm. i think it is said somewhere along the line the game of baseball will tell you when you're done mm-hmm. and physically i feel great mm-hmm. um 34 years old getting mm-hmm. older um mm-hmm. to be honest my body is capable of a lot of things and it's still capable of baseball so why why turn it off mm-hmm. especially I if you still have a joy for it of yeah. course, I still love yeah. the game. I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And at some point, my age and my body will tell me no more. But mm-hmm. until that day, too bad. I'm going, I'm going back into it. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny. It reminds me of, uh, you ever watch The Office? Uh, <laughs> I started watching The Office. Okay. Uh, well, there's a character. There's one scene. He's like, they're asking him, why do you go for... No, no. It's, uh, his name <laughs> is um, Daryl. Daryl. He's a... Uh... He's a very famous actor. I forget what he's in. Um, but he says, they ask him, why aren't you trying up for the managerial position? He's like, I have the rest of my life to become a manager. But I only got about two years left of these knees for softball. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's going to play softball. <laughs> you know, so I get it. I, I, you know what? I just started watching The Office. Yeah. Oh, it's, it. it's addicting, it's man. So yeah, it is. Becoming addicting. Cool. I've watched it through like four or five times. Uh, it just <laughs> it gets me every time, man. It's such a funny show. The characters, the great actors. I'm, at, I'm, I'm still in season one. Okay. And I'm starting to understand Dwight more and more and more. Yeah. I think oh, he, yeah. at the beginning of it, he starts to claim that he is like the assistant manager or assistant. Yeah, assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> yes, assistant to yeah. the regional manager. It's not a real position. He made it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so i'm enjoying just uh yeah. i'm just just i'm just enjoying the shots at the moment so yeah no, you'll love it. it you'll love it you know it gets you know the character development over the next couple of seasons you know it's just it's really really funny show you yeah know? the dry humor i'm, I'm in for yeah. that i'm in for steve carell is amazing steve carell in that show oh yeah you truly believe that he's like that you know the way he acts <laughs> it just oh he commits to it so well oh it's a really good show I'm going to keep it up. I might start it up. up again. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Is, uh, are they, I thought they were done. No, I mean, I'll start. Oh, I'll start it again. You know? Yeah. Nice. I've been looking for a new show, you know, nice. Getting sick of these crime documentaries and stuff. <laughs> My girlfriend's getting me started with, uh, the Sopranos. Ooh. It's, okay. It's, uh, it's something really, I've never, it's really yeah. good, man. 
Yeah, I've never dabbled in Sopranos, but I've and I have a feeling. Friends- I have a feeling if you grew up in uh, in Vaughn, it'll be somewhat yeah. relative. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of cool, but um, the the best part I think is I need my girlfriend because her her family's Italian, mm. and I need translation. I'm just a guy mean? who I need a guy who I'm just a guy who needs to see. I like I like reading subtitles. I like seeing the text sometimes. Sure, you know? sure, yeah, yeah. So um, same. Sometimes I want to process everything, but I want to process it correctly. So if mm-hmm. I hear Italian slang somewhere, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? So like mm-hmm. I, I just I want to know everything. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I have an Italian counterpart to say, oh well, that's what this means. I'm like, oh sure. Well, that makes so they sense. use it. They speak in Italian on in The Sopranos. It's all English. Speak? Okay, but it's like American. Italian slang English. Okay, okay. So the way you would refer to like your godmother or your sorry, your uh your mother-in-law mm-hmm. would not be sometimes polite. But they do it in Italian, you know what I mean? Okay, okay, okay. So there's just I like see. those small intricacies that yeah, are just yeah. funny to get, but if you're not Italian, you just don't know what it means, right? Ah, I see. Okay. So okay. I enjoy that because there's so, so it's educational. Of, it's educational. It's, <laughs> it's educational. educational. Yeah. It's educational. But it's also the Vaughn and Woodbridge in all of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's very loud. Yeah. Everyone seems to be yelling all the time. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking That's for something right. new, man, try the office yeah, or uh, try the Sopranos. Sopranos. Is it on Netflix or? Uh, it's on Crave. You watch Crave. Okay. I don't have Crave. Crave. Okay. So I'm watching it have... through my girlfriend. Okay. I have Netflix and Amazon Prime. And Prime. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll check out those two. See if. Must be on one of them. It's got to be. It's got to be. Check it out. Um, best of luck, man. Again, best of luck Thanks, for man. the day. Again, I hope I don't cut out too much of your day, but... Uh, no worries. Uh, I know. What are you getting into work at three, you said? Uh, I have to head around three, yeah. So I'm going to go smash my food right now, <laughs> do my meditation, and then head out. I'll let you to it, man. I'll let you to yeah. it. Thanks, brother. Thank Thanks you. for doing Thank the podcast you. again. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. No problem. I'm going to try yeah. to uh, chop this up and I'll probably sure. get it out. So this is like Wednesday the 24th. I'll probably get it out by like next weekend. Okay. Yeah, no stress. Whenever you do, you do. Uh, let me know. And if there's any things I can post on social media to get my people involved. Yeah. Cool. Let's I'll tag you in if other. I need to. All right, for sure. Thanks, man. All right. Take it easy, John. Be good. Be safe. Yeah, and uh, I'll well. see you hopefully this summer, man. Yeah, for Maybe sure, on man. the golf course. Yeah, hopefully. Let's get around in. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. All right. All right. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Manny Project Podcast. Don't forget to download, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can now listen to the Manny Project Podcast now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also visit our Facebook page and our YouTube channel at The Manny Project. And you can also visit our Instagram page for the latest updates and upcoming guests at the.manny.project. Be safe, everyone.